0: This is Center Stage, putting your firm in the spotlight by highlighting business owners and other industry experts to help take your firm to the next level. Hey, everyone, and welcome to Center Stage. I'm your host, John Henson. And this week, we're talking about what I think is one of the biggest drivers of referrals and repeat business that your firm can utilize, and that is email marketing. Um I know that there are all kinds of skeptics and cynics out there that kind of say that email marketing is dead or a waste of time and I cannot disagree more with that sentiment uh just because we have tons of direct evidence even just from our clients that shows that it truly does work and that it you know drives referrals and it and it you know keeps you top of mind and so um to help accentuate that point and, and prove that, that we're right on this. Uh, I am joined by expert email marketer, Ken Countess. Ken, thanks for joining us.
1: Hey, John. It's so great to be here.
0: Awesome. So yeah, before we jump in, who are you? Why are you the expert that we're talking about this week about email?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, I am email, <laughs> as the company name suggests. Yeah. Um, I have been Constant Contact's top partner for, gosh, four years now. Um, I am a true believer. I started using email marketing just before I left my last corporate job. And they actually, just coincidentally, actually were using Constant Contact. But the reason that businesses of all sizes, shapes, forms um, need to use email is it delivers the highest ROI of any marketing tool out there. It blows everything else away. The latest data from the DMA, uh, Data and Marketing Association, is 44 to one, sorry, 42 to one, meaning for every dollar you invest in an email campaign, you get 42 back. Wow. There's nothing that comes close.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So I guess, you know, you gave us some good data right there you know, in terms of the ROI on it. But I mean, what are, what are some other reasons why people should be investing in email marketing for their firms?
1: Yeah, well, there are, there are a few reasons. By the way, um, you, you asked earlier, or, or you mentioned that people ask, well, gee, is email marketing dead? Mm-hmm. If email marketing were dead, then the smart people at Intuit, who TurboTax and QuickBooks and Mint, they wouldn't have just spent twelve billion dollars to buy MailChimp, right? Yeah. There are some pretty smart people that work at that company. They're not spending twelve billion on a dying technology. So right. that's another proof point for me. Yeah. So you know what else about email marketing? Well, number one, uh, it's passive, right? I mean, this is not an always in your face thing. Yes email from companies and nonprofits too. Uh, They show up in your inbox, but it stays there until you take action. It can show up at any time. And you know, just by virtue of it still continuing to show on red that you have some work to do, right? To Mm -hmm. clean out your inbox. Um, It's different from social media in the respect that when I post something on social media, Anybody for that for that matter. Let's say you post something on Facebook or Instagram or LinkedIn or Twitter or TikTok, whatever your fave is. Yeah. You do that at nine o'clock in the morning. If your audience, the member of your audience, isn't checking their social until much later in the day, they will never see what you posted. Yep. The other thing about social media is that it is controlled by algorithms. Yep. You and I have no control over the algorithm. So if Mark Zuckerberg's team at Facebook or Meta or Instagram or whatever we, WhatsApp, whatever you want to call it, uh, if they tweak the algorithm and you have been tweaking your strategy to follow along, you may lose out. Email is not subject to the same kinds of algorithms that social media is. So you know with very high confidence that if you hit the send button, there's a nearly 100% chance it's going to reach its destination.
0: Yeah, and and just uh, on that social media side of things, that's why we constantly talk about, you know, you have to post something several times for, you know, in order to get the maximum reach out of it, you only have to send an email once for people to see that one thing. You that's know, right. Uh, you know, people are going to, you know, go through their inbox they're going to comb through their inbox people don't necessarily scroll through the full updated timeline on all of their social media platforms um right. and also
1: and by know, the and, way that's not yeah. to say don't use social right right they, they tend to complement each other but yeah. you'll get far greater roi on an email campaign you know one against the other um uh, email outperforms social media in fact the other data I saw was that the roi on a and an email campaign will outperform social media three to one three to wow. one so yeah. that says if you th- go back and think about that 42 to one return when you're using email it's only yeah. 14 to one with social yes. Yeah. So I don't know about you, John. I'll take forty-two to one over fourteen to one any day of the week. Ab- absolutely, and you know, especially
0: especially for our audience who is mostly lawyers, maybe mm-hmm. some financial pros and stuff like that. The subject matter that you're often talking about isn't something that people on social media are necessarily going to openly engage with. That's true. Know, in email, it's a little bit more private. It's a little more secure. People are going to feel a little bit more comfortable engaging with that kind of content.
1: That's right. And you can get into more depth on an Mm -hmm. email campaign than you can on social. And of course, the best practice today is when you shoot an email out, Uh, you may have an article in there, and whether it's for the uh, legal profession or the financial profession, and and both of which have their own compliance issues and bar associations and things like that to make sure you're compliant with. The articles that come out, you don't don't have the entire article from start to finish in the email. It's a link, click here to read more. And the beauty of that is you get to see how engaged your audience is and you don't get to see that same kind of feedback on social media. Yeah,
0: exactly. Now, I talked to several lawyers about this. You know, we talk about how valuable email marketing is and one of the biggest uh, pushbacks that I hear a lot is that they don't want to do email marketing because they don't want to annoy their audience. They don't want to spam inboxes. How do you avoid that? Is that even something that's, is that even a valid concern?
1: It's not a concern at all. Uh, that, and this is what I coach people on, on doing email campaigns. Um, what makes an email campaign so valuable for the recipient is that they're receiving information that's of value to them. So as long as you're not out there plugging your own practice, but rather providing information of value, people will not only welcome that email, but they will anticipate the next one you send. They'll actually look forward to it. And so in that respect, your open rates and click rates will actually get higher, not lower.
0: Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I completely agree. What about um, should, you know, in terms of like that initial list upload, should people just export their contacts in Outlook, Gmail, whatever they're doing, and just upload it into uh, a, you know, whether it's a MailChimp, a constant contact or whatever, and just send out just like an initial, hey, this is what we're doing. Here's an opt-in, opt-out sort of thing. Or should they kind of should they call their list a little bit before they put the put an email campaign together?
1: Well, best practice would be to make sure your list is clean before you upload it. But if if these are people that have already opted in to receiving communication from the attorney, from the financial person, mm-hmm. they can upload the entire list. But, but it's not a matter of quantity. It's a matter of quality. Yep, and so I, I, would, I would always take that extra effort to make sure that the email addresses you're uploading are valid. And that's yeah. pretty easy to do as well. There's software out there that'll actually help you check that out too.
0: Yeah. So is, is that exactly what you mean by having a clean list? Like what, you know, just making sure that all emails are still active and in use and they're not like fake bot emails? Is that basically what you mean?
1: Yeah, it's that. But, but also one thing you want to be sure of when you're using an email service provider is that the vast majority, You know, the highest preponderance of email addresses are legitimately going to an individual. Yeah. What I mean by that is, if you have on your mailing list, mostly info at or sales at or mm. president at or you know, something of that nature, those are the kinds of email addresses that the AI, the artificial intelligence at the email service provider will look at and question figuratively, right? Because what you really want to do is to send your emails to an individual, not to a general mailbox. The sales at, support at, those are general mailboxes that may be accessed by 5, 10, 20, 30, 50 people. So my recommendation is just clean out the list of those general mailboxes, upload the rest, And then over time, you can go ahead and upload those more general inboxes.
0: Yeah. So I wanted to talk about it because I, I, you know, I want to kind of stick on this topic of you know not spamming people, not annoying people. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I get I get a lot of different emails from a lot of different attorneys, um, and I what what sorts of content, in your opinion, should be put in these emails so that they are valuable, so that they're not being annoying or spammy?
1: Yeah, sure. Well, in the case of the legal profession, it really depends on the law practice, right? Mm -hmm. The practice of law. So if it's a bankruptcy attorney, for example, or um, merger and acquisition or personal injury, the type of information that they would want to send would be something relevant to their practice. So um, let's take a PI attorney right? Somebody who deals primarily with car crashes, the kinds of content I might suggest sending out to their constituents is something along the lines of, what do you do if you are rear-ended, right? What's the, what are the top three things you need to do if you're in an accident? What do you do if you're sued, right? There are lots of informational things that, you know, for someone who has been in practice for any length of time, They'll be be thinking, well, that's so simple. Well, yeah, it's simple if you deal with it every day, but your audience isn't. And this is the kind of stuff that they would need to know. And that makes you the source that they will go to should they need legal counsel. Yes, yes.
0: (laughs) Oh, I mean, yeah, I mean, if you had asked me that question, that's exactly how I would have answered it. You know, because I see, I I, I get... and I've talked about this on the show before, I get some newsletters, some emails from from law law firms. And the only thing that tells me it's a law firm is they just have the name of the firm up at Mm -hmm. the top left. Every other piece of content has absolutely nothing to do with their business. You know, there's random articles about maybe it's like, you know, Nash, you know, maybe it's, uh, you know, Women's History Month, and they've got some articles about women's history, even though they're a criminal defense firm, it has not, you know, there's no correlation, no not even a remote correlation there. Um, you know, they'll have a, a recipe of the month. And it's just like, for me, I'm coming to you, I'm subscribed to your email list to get legal information. I'm not looking for a new recipe to try out this weekend.
1: You know, exactly right.
0: Right. And so,
1: yeah, yeah, you're right on the money there. Yeah. And And so that's why we talk about, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. So you'll get, you'll get the people who say, well, gee, I have so many people unsubscribing from my list to which I say, well, let's, let me do an audit of your campaign because Mm -hmm. the odds are pretty good. The answer is in your campaign. So if you're an attorney and you're sending recipes out, You're right, John. I don't want recipes from an attorney. They may be great bakers or chefs or whatever, but I'm on your list because I want the information, the knowledge. I want to tap into your expertise. I want to know that you are the male or female that I'm going to go to should I need legal assistance. And a recipe won't tell me that. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, To
0: that point, and this is a good way to transition kind of into metrics and ROI and stuff like that. Um, You know, I think at least, especially upfront, especially if you've never sent email campaigns before, you could probably expect to have a few more unsubscribes than what might be normal or what you might expect to have 8, 10, 12 months down the road, just as people kind of self-clean themselves off the list. And that's fine because I think your marketing should repel people and, and keep the right people on. But yes. I do think you should expect some uh, amount of unsubscribes with your email campaigns. I think to your point, it's just a matter of how many unsubscribes is cause for concern versus right. you know versus what might just be in the normal case uh, of doing business.
1: Yeah, totally. I mean, the the normal number of unsubscribes is well under one percent for for someone who uh, does campaigns on a regular basis. So, if you had a thousand people on your list and they were loyal followers, and you sent an email out and you had ten unsubscribes, uh, that's one percent. Well, what was it in that email that made it different from the others that caused people to unsubscribe? So you know, uh, tiptoeing into the area of metrics, there is yep. so much valuable information in all of the metric data that you can get from an email campaign, unsubscribes being just one of them. Yeah. And
0: so, you know, in, in talking about that, I think I think one of the big reasons why a lot of these um, tech, you know, a lot of these tech writers and, and marketing people talk about how, you know, or speculate really how email marketing is dying is from some of this privacy-related stuff, especially the the big thing that Apple did late last year um, around you know privacy and not allowing email um, or making it really difficult for email servers to kind of gauge open rates. And right. so you know, open rate at least for a while was kind of heralded as like this super important metric. Now it's a little bit muddier, a little bit harder to determine. So what? Are some of the metrics then that people really should be looking at with their their email campaigns?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, it's a really great question. Uh, yes, Apple uh, did do some things that kind of muddied the water for those who uh, who are focused on open rates. I have I, I, I've been in this email marketing game for a very long time, and what I've always said is email opens will give you a barometer of how well your email may be performing. And that may be impacted by time of day, day of week, content, subject line, a whole host of things. But open rates don't make your cash register ring. It's the yeah. click that does. Yeah. So no matter what your open rate is, I'm more focused on helping my clients get clicks because that gives you a great sense of how engaged your readers are. Yeah, And so in the case of a a newsletter or an email from an attorney or a law firm, if they have two or three different subjects, uh, articles within the email, they can tell exactly which ones are resonating and which are not. Do more of what's working and less of what's not. And you get that information from the clicks, not the opens. Yeah, absolutely. And so,
0: and that's part of the reason, a big reason why, at least, our strategy with our clients is is we'll put a blog article of featured video in the email, but it's only going to be a paragraph, maybe two Mm -hmm. paragraphs. And then it's going to have a read more button or watch here button, and it's going to lead you to the website and get, and it it encourages people to click through, get on the website. And now, you're open to a whole world of possibilities they can then explore, bounce around to other pages, and hopefully then maybe potentially make that contact.
1: Yeah, and you bring up a good point. When we talk about clicks, we want to drive people to a destination that we control, typically to your website. Yeah, And then you have an opportunity to look at the activity on the website, seeing how long people actually stay on that page. Do they stay within your domain and move to other places on your website? So your email campaign is very, very powerful on so many levels. Yeah, I agree. And
0: kind of the other sort of, you know, ROI point that I wanted to make, and you kind of mentioned it up at the start of the show, and I know it's difficult because I I know especially lawyers... Um, a lot of analytically minded people want that hard, tangible data in front of them, but there is there's no way you can truly measure just how much of an impact just seeing your email in someone's inbox has, you know. And so, what I mean by that is, you know, I, I I've got my email coincidentally open on this uh, other screen in front of me. I have an email from WordPress right there up at the top. I may not need to read what's in there but I've seen it. And I'm thinking about WordPress right now. And I'm talking about WordPress on this podcast, which is getting a ton of advertising for free, but that's beside the point. But Mm -hmm. there's that, there is that sort of intangible value of just making that small touch point. Even if
1: someone doesn't open the email, there's still value in them seeing your email come into their inbox. Yeah. You're totally right on. Uh, You know, email marketing is relationship building and you're 100% on target, John, when you say, Sometimes it doesn't even matter if they open it or not. Just the fact that your brand is in the inbox and the brain registers, right? It's this whole visual cue. So whether you've actually taken the action of opening the email or not, something it doesn't even matter. Just the fact that your brand was in my inbox makes me remember that you're out there, that you're yeah. still in business, that if I need help with what you, something that you do, I'm going to pick up the phone or open the email and reply to it.
0: Yeah, exactly. So, you know, we use MailChimp. You are a constant contact partner. Um, I I think they're both great programs. You're not going to go wrong choosing either one. How easy is it for a business owner or someone on the marketing team to get something like this up and running?
1: Uh, it's really quite simple. I mean, that's what I spend most of my practice doing is helping people just get started with email. And, the, you know, the obvious question is well, gee, there's so many programs out there. Which one should I use? And I'll generally ask a few questions to find out what your intent is. How complicated do you want your campaign to be? Um, if it's fairly simple, fairly straightforward, MailChimp. And constant contact and a weber and there are a whole lot of them that are that'll give you that baseline just get me out there just uh-huh. get me into somebody's inbox if you're looking for something more sophisticated then we move you up the value chain maybe you start thinking about a keep what you what used to be known as infusionsoft uh-huh. maybe you need hubspot maybe you need some other tool um, but generally speaking for the businesses and nonprofits, for that matter, they're just getting started. Um, the MailChimp and the Constant Contacts and the AWebers do very, very well. And again, we we will help somebody get off the ground. We, we, we get people going within the space of an afternoon. Yeah.
0: And so, so how can people something. get in touch with you uh, if they need your help getting some email set
1: up? sure uh if you're viewing this uh the logo is up here it's ken and if you're listening and i'm glad whichever way you're viewing us uh, it's ken that's all you need to know go to our website yeah. and uh within a click or two you'll be able to reach out to me i offer all of our visitors to the website a free audit of their email campaigns to show you what you're doing right and wrong. And it's totally free, no obligation. Ken Kenisemail.com. Awesome. I'll
0: awesome. have that link in the show notes. If you're watching on video, there's also a QR code uh, on the other shoulder. Where does that take you?
1: Uh, that takes you right to the website over there. Perfect. Yeah, it's yeah. Kenisemail.com.
0: Perfect. Yeah, this has been uh, really great. I, I'm so uh, excited for just the insight and the perspective uh, that you brought. It's it's just, it's affirming because it's it's it reinforces the message that we've been kind of saying over the last several years. Uh, and so it's really, it, it, it just makes me excited because I mean, you know, you and I, we've only recently connected. We didn't meet, for hours to kind of talk about this and say, Hey, here's what I want you to say. And all of that, like, no, this is just, we're on the same page naturally about email strategy. And so that's what I love about doing, doing stuff like
1: this. Well, that's great. John, have me back anytime. I'd love to uh, continue the conversation.
0: Awesome. So I do have one more question for you before I let you go. It's the one question we ask uh, everybody here. And that is, if you had one final piece of advice for our audience out there, what would it be?
1: My advice would be start emailing. If you're not emailing, you're missing out on an opportunity because your customers are checking their email every single day. You need to be there because if you're not, your competitors are. Absolutely. I completely agree.
0: Uh, That's going to do it for us this week. Uh, Thank you so much for all of the ratings and reviews, the subscribers, wherever you're listening to us, we really do appreciate it. Uh, And that's going to wrap it up. We will see you next time. Kent, thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you, John. Good seeing you. Thanks for listening. To learn more, go to
0: spotlightbranding.com slash center stage.